everybody to okay. JJ's Album Club. It is a podcast where myself, Joey Page, and my good old pal Jimmy Camarewa is right there. I'm right here. Not in the same room, of course. Um, of course not. Of course not. Um, I sound suspicious now, like we are next to each other. Just having a big, big COVID rave. Pass me them biscuits. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I wish I could jump, but I'm far away. Uh, yeah, so welcome to JJ's Album Club. It's a podcast where we interview great musicians about albums that they love or that are dear to their heart or mark an important part of their life and we just have a lovely chat with them. We do. That is the... Um, this is episode two that's the brief. series three. Yeah. That's the brief. Yeah. I was doing quite well at being succinct at that and then I lost it. I yeah, like, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah, you could always edit yeah. yourself. I think albums they love works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just refuse to self-edit. Um, yeah, no, that's basically it. We have conversations, and we've got a really great one um, lined up for this episode. The Cabal oh, Crew and Baby Blue. You made, I go a bit partridge when I get when I yeah, do. Yeah, you went really partridge. Stay in your homes. That's what I told uh, my kids. We're talking, of course, about sports team. And also, if you are here for the first time, I should say, no, the show doesn't have its own social media. So <laughs> just find us individually if you want to chat to us. Oh, yeah, um, that's true. We should do some housekeeping on that, yes. Yeah. I'm Jimmy Flamarewa. I can be found on uh, Instagram as at Jim Famish. Or on Twitter as at Jim Fam. I am a writer, uh, predominantly known as a restaurant writer and the chief restaurant critic of the Evening Standard. But I'm also Ooh. a music fan and a arts journalist as well. I've music interviewed loads of musicians. Um, and yeah, I just love, I love, it always sounds disingenuous, I love music. I love <laughs> What's your favourite one? Oh, the best of everything. Now One is probably my <laughs> favourite album. But yeah, that's me. Who are you? Uh, I'm Joey Page. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm Jimmy's friend. But most importantly of all, I am a new music radio DJ and also uh, a Twitcher. Oh yeah. I'm putting that in there. This, this is week. a new one. Yeah, this is yeah. this. But is... I do a new and alternative oh I do a new and alternative audio visual show on Twitch. It's very good. Play new music. It's very good. I'd love to be um say something sort of uh lightly kind of ribbing about it. But it's really, really good and it's uh worth yeah, checking out. Yeah. Every Monday and Friday at one thirty. But you can find me at Joey Page Comedy on Twitch and Instagram mm. and on Twitter it's the Joey Page because n- nothing screams admin like somebody with loads of different <laughs> handles for yeah. their stuff. Yeah, and like you know, I've fallen that. into this trap as well where it is a bit like <laughs> there's there's no sort of professional handle. It's not like your name or whatever. And there's no kind of consistency between the tags, and so it is a bit like you know when you had your first email and it was like. Ultimate Warrior Fan 83 or something. And like mm. you're just saying that to people about three times. So, so yeah, all professionalism is gone. So is the succinctness. But um, we should just get on. We should just get on the case, shouldn't we? We should just get into this. Or should we yeah. talk about what we've been listening to? Because I do always get oh, a window into yes. that. I like I've getting a window something. into that. Yeah. Um, have you got something that you want to you wanna go with? Yeah, I sort of totally blanked on this last time we recorded, but um, I have been listening to quite a lot of stuff. I just couldn't really, I just couldn't really sort of um, remember. A new track by Scissor, you know, uh, Scissor of. You um, love Scissor. I really do. Of uh, Kendrick Lamar's um, uh, Top Dog Entertain Mm. Entertainment. Uh, TDE. Um, she's got a new single called Good Days that is incredible. Um, there's a really good artist that I quite... A couple of artists that I really wanted to recommend to you to check out. One is a band, oh, one is a band called Dead. D-E-H-D. Oh. 
Uh, and their most recent... Deed. Yeah, deed. Um, they're not Glaswegian. Um, I think they're from, like, <laughs> Illinois, it's like deed. Chicago or something. Yeah. Um, uh, their most recent album, Flower of Devotion, is really good. Like, it's kind of really interesting, uh, slackery, maybe, but quite kind of taut weird rock um and there's a there's a russian artist um i don't know how i came across her but she's called kate nv and she's kind of like okay. she's kind of like a bit um a bit kate lebon maybe as well like sort of okay. wonky art pop vibes and massive blasts of saxophone like proper oh. unexpected little sort of noodly sax solos um yeah she's really good her most recent album um, I can't be bothered to look it up. Uh, it's really good, so check her out. Um, yeah, I will check both yeah. of them out. And thanks for the. Um, I'm going to be a bit naughty and shout my mate's band out, but then also yeah. um, a, a real recommendation. Yeah, go on. No, they are good. Uh, they're called Blue Bendy. Oh, very nice. Uh, they've got a little. It's not an EP. It's three singles. Mm, cool. Just come out last week, but also on the non-nepotistic tip. <laughs> Uh, I'm really in love with this. It's not actually that new. It came out last year, but I've just discovered it. Uh, Rose City Band, which is the guy from Moon Duo and loads of other things, Ripley Johnson. It's mm. kind of like a very relaxed kind of psych country album. Mm. Very nice. Um, send me those because I'll give them a listen and then we'll uh, we'll recap next time. Okay, uh, yeah, we should do that, yeah. actually. Um, like the good old days. Yeah. Right. Um, sports team. But, yes, yeah, so so this is an interesting one as well because we have both interviewed sports team independently mm. of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost like a nice little catch-up. It was, yeah, than. yeah. There was, um, obviously, they had a... Uh, managed to have a pretty momentous 2020 despite Absolutely. the uh, total enveloping shit show that it was. Um, uh, their first album, uh, Deep Down Happy, came out. It was uh, nominated for a Mercury Prize. Um, the album very nearly went to number one. Um, Do you know what happened with that? I've, yeah. I've looked this up Go since. On. Basically, because they reduced it mm. to a pound. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to try and get as many sales as yeah. possible. And apparently, that's against the rules. <laughs> so they didn't count those entries. Oh, wow. So, but had that have counted, they they would have got to number one. Uh, but they're a band but, with you know uh, the Gonzo spirit suggested by trying to pull something like that off. But they're also just really really good. Their album's incredible. It was the soundtrack to our year uh, in this house uh, last year, and it was amazing to sit down with them. Really really funny on just kind of trying to pick up the pieces of what was meant to be this landmark year. They're such a live um, proposition. Entity, like, yeah, yeah. Their, their whole kind of energy is about what they do live. So it was really great to hear them kind of talk about how they're dealing with that, how they're looking ahead. And there was, which feels like a deep cut for this podcast, there was a lot of chat about the fabled uh, gut buster breakfast at the Dolby Cafe in Margate. <laughs> As yeah. as famously uh, completed or contentiously finished by Pete Doherty, and they talk about their attempt at it, which is we won't spoil it too much, but it's we a hell of a tale. Um, yeah. They were great. They, you know, um, it was, um, yeah, they were great. And and I should mention as well, uh, just thinking back to when Deep Down Happy came out, mm. in the sort of like right in the middle of when everyone was feeling like they'd had enough. Mm of being locked down it felt like a real tonic yeah 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 at the time and really uplifting and brilliant so all the more special that we got to talk to them about you know yeah uh the making of that a bit and because that you know that they were the soundtrack to some of our lockdowns yeah, so that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool for us yeah yeah yeah. And I understand they have a lot of young, cool, hip, <laughs> cool fans who might like us now. What? Yeah, yeah. Just, just keep saying hip and cool Check. and we'll just sound younger and younger. Check, Check us out. <laughs> uh, I look like a 1980s mobile phone. So <laughs> Check me out. Really do. Really, really do. Right. Okay. Should we get okay. to it? On that note. Yeah, mate. Oh, I should say, I should say the professional podcasting to say. Uh, please like, rate, and subscribe, uh, especially if you're listening on Apple. 
give us a little five star review because that is the only way that we uh, get found out about by pushing us up yeah, the yeah, please podcast do. equivalent of the album charts is if you give us a five star otherwise uh, we stay at whatever number we're, I don't I don't know oh, just really high but really high that's all it is um, yeah. don't check it but really but yeah. high um, yeah Alex and Rob we should say who joined us from the band obviously they're a very big yeah. band uh, but they were the two that we spoke to okay okay here it is Here's the thing. <laughs> Very so, nice. So, yeah. JJ's Album Club. Um, so, our guests today are a band that's one of only two bands that when we did the review section of this podcast got a 10 out of 10 in all the time <laughs> of you doing it. So that is an accolade enough. To welcome sports team to JJ's album. Hi, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Alex and Rob, thank you, thank you so much for coming on, guys. Um, thank you. The, thank you for having us. We were just kind of talking a little bit before we started recording. The only regret about this, we've been like Joe and I have wanted to get you on for so long, and I had visions of like you know you're in Camberwell, not far from where we are, outside a pub garden or doing it in person, and I can't believe we're on Zoom again. That is the only sadness of uh, of this of this encounter. Um, Me dressed as homeless Ian Beale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People haven't got a video of Joe's spectacular lockdown look. He's really gone for it. But but how are you guys doing? Like, kind of, it feels like um, what was what was always going to be a momentous year for you guys with uh, Deep Down Happy, the debut album coming out, has been a momentous year in a way that like you couldn't have predicted, and has been strange and frustrating, but brilliant as well. What has it been like for you guys, and how are you feeling now? Um, I mean, it's been unbelievable. I think the thing with music is you get get greedy so quick, you know? Like, if anyone had told us so when we first started a band, when we were knocking about in our rooms listening to weird records and stuff, that you'd be here and you'd have a number two album in the charts and last night we'd have played sort of the GQ awards and things, you'd be... Uh, you'd you'd, oh, sort yes, of, you'd bite that. people's hand off for it. And now it feels... Um, you've always got that sense that you're sort of having your great year stolen from you a bit if you know what i mean like all this because because we've never <laughs> yeah, really had a chance yeah. we kind of did all the graft bit for like four years being in a band or sort of living in the same room together and then you finally get your sort of glory year when your album comes out and and you're locked down but we'll get through it i mean i think everyone's yeah. still got the appetite for it when it comes back which seems really heartening yeah 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 how about you rob we're all very bitter <laughs> i think yeah i think it's what i said it's kind of that the uh it's kind of a weird feeling now because, you know, we've we've spent so long, sort of living in a van and touring, um, and kind of on top of each other that it feels, just having all this free time to do nothing just feels very strange. I think. Mm. So all, as you say, all, the, all this stuff is happening, like the uh, the charts and um, the Mercury's and stuff like that. But you're just sat, you know, in your bedroom <laughs> with a can of beer or a mug of tea, going like, "This is, this is not the dream I was promised." <laughs> yeah. It feels like it feels like one of those like bizarre riddles, like a curse, where you get what you've dreamt, but it's in this very particular, awful way. You know what I mean? Shouldn't have. Yeah, it's like you kind of like after some show, like there was kind of like a, one of those. Was it in Big or whatever? Like Zoltar, like you found some mysterious machine and it's like disappeared overnight or something, or a monkey paw situation where like yeah, exactly. everything's well, the... happened, but there's a horrible twist and a sting in the tail. To yeah, it. the Midas touch, the classic. <laughs> the classic thing um yeah it's all right it feels i guess as well you would have been like because the album was just out and um in the in the run-up to it it's very clear that it was going to be a huge success so you were gearing up to be very busy so i guess in your brain you'd also kind of mentally prepared to be like right we're going to be working really hard we're going to be doing so much stuff this year so for your brain to be sort of mentally prepared for that and then for it to be the opposite must be so strange yeah, it's funny. I, I, I think it's the, it's the live stuff yeah, more than anything else. Cause, so the studio mm. and the, the press things it was, it kind of st- sort of stay the same whether you do them on Zoom or not. You're still sort of chatting to people. But I mean, you realise sort of how much of your kind of identity and personality is now sort of built into being a band that's on tour for 200 nights a year. Like You realise how much of yourself that becomes. And I think you've got to try and find that catharsis from somewhere else. And there's only so many kind of runs you can go on before you just start feeling bored again. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to ask where have you where have you found it? Like maybe maybe Rob first. Like where where have you been able to like transfer that kind of you know that sort of? Um, I, I don't. I, to be honest, I don't think we have. When we were in Campbell, Alex and I would you know most evenings we kind of march out and go on a big walk across mm. London and find ourselves in Greenwich or some some corner of London where there's a pub serving takeaway pints and sit there in the rain and go like oh you know this is quite nice this feels almost normal um but yeah I think you you just can't there's 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 there is as Alex says there's nothing that really feels like that and yeah. that's you know that's what you're ready for that's what it feels like you're prepared for just sitting in a van and touring yeah. and being exhausted the whole time yeah and when you have that yeah, I was just thinking, you know, as a, yeah, as a writer, I've been relatively lucky throughout this period because it is a bit like, oh, yeah, this is like I've been training all my life <laughs> sitting at the same <laughs> desk. Welcome to my world. But it's interesting how you put it that way, um, Alex, because Joe, you know, as a comedian as well, that's something that you've really spoken about, like how much of your identity is wrapped up in doing this specific thing and the rhythms of your life yeah. and just to have it taken away. And I guess what I'd also like to ask um, you guys in the band about is um, to feel like it's going to come back and to have those kind of false like, hey, it's coming back. And so it's like a finish line that keeps being moved like further down the road. So what has it been like within the band what roles have you played? Who's kind of the optimist? Who's the kind of catastrophist? Like, uh, start with you, Rice. Like, what has that been like? How have you managed that within the band? Like, those changing expectations? Um, uh, Ollie's definitely the catastrophist. Ollie, from sort of day day one of a mention <laughs> in Wuhan, was sort of digging his bunker at home in Kent, like stocking up on tin for his kind of thing. So I think he's one of these people that's sort of secretly actually loving it, like buying a crossbow in Brenchley, you know, waiting. <laughs> for the sort of Mad Max world to emerge. So he could, just so he could go to me and Rob and be like, I told you, I told you, go on then, come in, get in the bunker then, come on. <laughs> so he's yeah. definitely catastrophist. But I think you go you go through yeah. waves, definitely, because I, I think it's more, you get things that get you very excited, like, um, like we've recorded the second album and you've, uh, we had the Mercury Prize and mm. we had the chart bats and stuff. And you kind of, you build up all this sort of nervous energy and you're on the night and you've just got nowhere to sort of throw it at the end. So I think you end up just sort of getting mm. quite frustrated. And when you're all living in a house together, like like the six of us were all year, like we picked the worst time to move in together. So I think we moved in together in sort of late <laughs> Feb or something, quite enjoying ourselves, like settling into living in London all together for the first time. And since then, it's yeah. all been... So I think, I think we've just been quite quite angsty, you know? As Rob said, me and him have been walking yeah. a lot. We tried to walk to the studio in Bath um, where we record. Whoa. <laughs> we, like, we really did. And, like, it's incredible. We pitched this to the manager. I don't even know, like, how would you... What are the practicalities of that? When you get to, like, I don't know, Slough or whatever, or, like, when it's, you get to when it's just motorway. It's like, how do you motorway. do that? Like, so we started off, and we were like, all right, we've got four days to do this because we just finished pre-production. And it's like... To do that, you have to do about 35 miles a day. And we're like, kind of everyone's walked a lot in their life. And like me and Rob have done big walks together. And we're like, oh, it's fine. You're never at that stage where you really have to stop. And then we got to Basingstoke. And mm. we were just sort of huddling in this Airbnb. We did 40 miles the first day, just sort of crying. <laughs> Rob had shins, but gave up, got a train back to London and got in the van. <laughs> but we pitched it to our manager as well. I don't know, like, we see all these bands do sort of cool stuff. And it feels like, so the fashion world as well at yeah. the moment, it's quite weird. Like, you can do a sort of strange Gucci campaign around walking or something. And our manager's an Aussie. Yeah. And he had this call the day before when we thought there were going to be like photographers and clothes and He's like, yeah, the thing is, like, just no one really gets it. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, <laughs> sort of as the, Where's he from Australia or South uh, Africa? He's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> he actually sounds very English, but he's, better. he's a better character and I can only do that accent. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a disaster. So like, it's just stuff like that. It's just kind of like mm. aimless rebel without a cause kind of stuff i think yeah right yeah yeah um, well well you did you i was go on then joe go on no go on i was just gonna say you mentioned we've not really discussed it but you mentioned the mercury um nomination like congratulations on that first of all and it was like you know as huge fans of the album and of you guys it did feel like come on like we were so pleased for like 
for you guys to have that. What was the sort of experience of that like? And I very much enjoyed the way you were kind of um, really just having some fun with it and posting up people that were like putting bets on for you and we were favourite like, <laughs> talking about the fact <laughs> yeah. yeah I know and you were like yeah, we... to one and like and and it was going to we... be announced on the one show wasn't it yeah. kind of you were just yeah. it was it was all it was so bizarre. surreal but yeah what was that ride like and when did from when you found out did you even did you expect it in any way like kind of um, yeah talk us through it and maybe start with you Rob I don't I don't think any of us expected mm. it I can't our manager our manager got a call and called us from Real in the pub and told us. And I think our, our, my first reaction at least was just fear. Yeah. Because you go on, you know, Twitter, and as you say, like, there's a lot of, like, really angry sort of middle-aged men on there who have very strong opinions about, like, you know, six yeah. music and, like, indie music. And at first I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, if we win, we are dead. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, everything yeah. is going to fall apart. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, then the gambling stuff happened. And, like, I think with the Mercury's, especially this year, because there was no ceremony like nobody was betting mm. so you kind of realized you'd put a bet on paddy power and you see the kind of odds come down by about 10 and we were like we put on 15 quid we can we can rig this so easily to be the favorites uh, so yeah we <laughs> we were basically just enjoying that for a very long time mm. in the house and then uh yeah when the actual ceremony came along as you say it was kind of bizarre for it to be the one show and yeah. um the sort of greatest hits montage on bbc four or whatever it was but um yeah, it was, it's I, I just think like everything you've done around like the Mercury's and then also the album coming out and trying to get it to number one, like you really got people behind you, including myself, like sort of sending the sort of screenshots of your Instagram to people that don't even have Instagram, going, "You've got to buy this album," and then like yeah. buying it for ninety nine p four or five times, and then getting that weird T shirt bundle that you came up with at the last minute, of, which was just the the string of WhatsApp messages about what can we do for some merch to push the album over the line. I've got that T-shirt somewhere in my uh, room in the drawer, and it's just like the whole thing was just completely class, and you can just tell that you guys have such a good laugh together. It kind of I, almost, and of course it does matter a bit, it almost kind of doesn't matter what happens because the journey has been so much fun for you guys along the way of putting these things together and coming up with these ideas and you just get a sense of even from the I think there's like two or three Instagram accounts that you guys have got and it's all just like in jokes and it's just great mm. to see that from a band yeah I, I think it I, I was I, go on, well, I, was, go on, I, was, on I think go it on. is that thing at the start like I think people some people look at it and they go like oh that's genius that's them like living together some people are like oh marketing brilliance or whatever it is I think like when you do your first album everyone has that sort of sense of imposter syndrome around it i think like you've not put it you've never really mm. given people a chance to properly react to what you've made in the past and see so like oh people are gonna hate this people are gonna hate this so it's just terror a lot of the time <laughs> and if you like mask it with so mm. much humor just sort of, it's like it's funny oh we're all having a laugh ha <laughs> let's hope it charts kind of thing <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> do you think yeah? Because because I I was wondering in relation to that, like having spoken to you guys before, and it does feel like it's forever balanced on this kind of knife edge, and there's like a constant rolling joke with you guys that kind of mutates, and you know it's kind of so hard to like unpick, and it's enormous fun to look at from the outside. But are there ever moments where that kind of knockabout energy? goes too far or with certain people or you sort of need to kind of get serious about things or kind of how has it sort of evolved and stuff because I remember Al talking about like a drum part that she couldn't get right and it was like quite a painful moment in the recording of the album and you've all been quite candid separately about the times when it's not been that much of a laugh and you are kind of like winding each other up but is there like a line is there like a yeah when has it kind of gone too far I definitely think there's a difference between kind of taking the music and the performance of it live seriously which I think we definitely Mm. do and I think we genuinely view that from a kind of artist's perspective and like want to make something really brilliant and want to be the best live band in the world and Mm. but then you sort of like you interact with a group of mates and you see so much sort of like posturing from other bands and stuff and it seems a bit a bit fake they don't seem like a kind of group of people that are doing the greatest thing in the world you know and I think we're sort of six people living together going around the world it's it's just quite a natural reaction mm. for us to be like this is so brilliant all the time. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think yeah. that really helps uh, the fans get a sense of what that must be like in a much truer way because that's how, like, when I see how you guys operate and having a good laugh and that, you think you think that's how I think I would be if I was in a band on tour, mm. do you know what I mean? And I think that's what everybody that hasn't got the talent to be in a band does, essentially. Uh, yeah, I think it's exactly that. I think that's when you like, yeah. see us all living together as well because we're all really, really different. We're all kind of sort of broken characters mm. in our own way like we've, we've I'm sure Al told you about plenty of like deep deep flaws in us but um, I think that's kind of the appeal like it feels like a group of mates you might actually have you sort of recognise the people in it and you can sort of tie yourself to someone and feel a bit of empathy with whoever it is depending on what kind of person you are yeah yeah and it's interesting as you were saying Alex about the the idea of it being quite an exposing thing to kind of to put an album out and to kind of to take it seriously in that way and to sort of have that um you know attempt artistry as it were and it is quite a nice protective thing to just be like this is all ridiculous um here's some uh memes of like you know kind of a member of the band like doing something ridiculous it kind of like undercuts it really nicely um in relation to that i wanted to ask you guys about the um uh, the Margate uh, breakfast uh, challenge. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, which is a kind of like quite an iconic story for Joe and I. I think we talked about it on a, on a recent a lot, <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is just one of those things that is just like endlessly enthralling. So this is this is the uh, the the giant sort of gut buster breakfast at the Dolby Cafe in Margate that made famous by Pete Doherty. Um, apparently finishing it in the designated time you guys kind of attempted to do it right can you talk us through it rob like how did how did that kind of come about what was the motivation behind yes it? we would we were down in margate we'd gone down just for like a little jolly to the seaside yeah. and we we're having a swim and we'd gone past the cafe and we'd always like i particularly had wanted to do it and i'd seen it on instagram and been like you know what it doesn't look that big like <laughs> if doxy can do that i was just so sure you know what i mean i had this mind on me yeah. and i was like if I eat this, I get my twenty pounds back. Um, this is gonna be really easy. And then, so that morning we went off for a big swim, and I hadn't eaten for about. So that night before I didn't eat dinner, I went <laughs> on like websites to look up. It, yeah, apparently, but I looked at these. I looked at the advice, and they were like, actually, what you want to do is not eat the day before, then have like a relatively like, you know, substantial meal in the morning, so your stomach gets ready, your stomach starts preparing about five hours before. And I went for this big swim in the ocean, and I got into the water and I dislocated my shoulder. <laughs> So it just fully came out, oh, and I was like man. on the beach, sort of like, oh fuck. So then Al put me in the car, drove me to the hospital. They put my shoulder back in, um, which meant that I basically lost my main sort of. Sh- my technique was going to be I get all the food and I dip it in water. This week, right. this what you get yeah, from YouTube. Yeah. Dip it in water, and then that just allows you to like not have to produce any saliva and it just slides yeah. down. It's meant to be really easy, but anyway, I'd lost that arm, and so Henry, who's like our guitarist and is a tiny little scrap of a man, <laughs> about five foot four, um, had to t- <laughs> had to take on the challenge, and uh, he did so badly. The photo we posted online makes it look like he tried. He did. So- it was actually humiliating. I stood there on the side of the street, and all these like everyone in Margate's coming past. Obviously, everyone there knows the story because of Pete yeah. Doherty, and they were all just they're all looking at it, being like, "Oh, come on, mate, you can do this. You can do this." Give him all this pep talk, and he did so badly. It was, it was, it was appalling. It was really appalling. He ate less than he would probably eat like a normal small breakfast. It looks, it looks impossible. Like I was looking at the pictures you put on your yeah, Twitter. oh yeah. I don't know if they've made it bigger to kind of count to stop people that are trying to kind of that are coming for Doherty's scalp. Like it looks like there's no way he did that. Um, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's really big. He definitely he definitely fed his dogs. I mean, <laughs> it's just I can't I just can't fathom. I do think, as you say, I do think it's got bigger as well. But it's like the the amount of chips you get on that plate is so big. I mean, so huge. The meat is fine. The beans is fine. Yeah. The tomatoes are fine. Yeah. I think you could get through the sausages and the bacon pretty easily, but the chips they just present you with sort of a full McCain's bag of fried chips and hash browns, and at that point you're sort of what, oh, man. Yeah, what I like here is I can see well, I re- Alex's face and basically it's the face of someone that's heard this story so many times but it's still somehow <laughs> really <laughs> <in the forefront. laughs> um, 
<laughs> Rob, do you think, having come face to face with it, do you think there's a kind of like Mike Tyson element where you might go back and try and avenge what happened? Oh, yeah. That'd be do you great. know what? Yeah, do you know what I do? But I also started now like the Rocky sort of training yeah. montage. You've got like I reckon destiny. I, I, I reckon I could still do it because the thing they don't really advertise and Pete Doherty doesn't say. So there's 20 minute. If you do it in 20 minutes, you go on the sort of mm. Hall of Fame. Mm. But all you need, all you need, I know, not even that. If you do it in 20 minutes, you get it for free. Mm. But if you just do it in any period of time, you go on the right fame. So technically, I could sit there for four yeah. hours. You know what I mean? It's a mental yeah, sort of yeah, battle yeah. as opposed to a. So I, I really do maybe think maybe we, uh, maybe we do a sort of podcast. Mar- we'll do a live. Oh, we'll get these guys to talk it. about another yeah, yeah, album, yeah. and we'll do it live from the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Document it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I would love um, that so much. Was that was that kind of I wanted to talk um to pick up on the fact that you've recorded your second record, mm. which um uh I know that you were discussing the fact that you had songs and this was kind of the plan, but was it always the case? Was it was it part of the knock on effect of not doing as much touring or any touring because of this year that that gave you the impetus to want to do that? Um Alex, what um, yeah Talk us through recording Yeah, that. I think it definitely happened a lot earlier than we would have uh, recorded mm. otherwise, and it sort of gave us a bit of block of time. So when yeah. lockdown was just about to come in, we were like, all right, we got the option of sort of going home, because we were all a household at the time, so we had a bit more freedom. We So we got ourselves to sort of a, like, yeah. a writing studio in Cornwall and spent the first month there before they closed all businesses. So we get, oh god, yeah, you were you were kind of locked down together for yeah. a while, weren't you? Like, kind of, um, yeah, so crazy. we got a lot of that done, <laughs> and I, so it's it's a funny one because I we've recorded a lot of it now. We're not sort of quite sure. We might go and do a bit more at the start of next year, but it, the first one was so mm. based around kind of going and um, playing those songs live the night before, and then coming back and sort of mm. sneak sneaking it yeah. in here and there. So like, it's it's trying yeah. to sort of. Um, kind of summon that that energy that you get from sort yeah. of from being out on yeah. the road all the time but then also it's you've suddenly got an album where you've sat and you've recorded it but pretty much in one block so you can sort of build an album mm. with sounds and a story around it which is quite different yeah did you did you kind of did you have a view of the albums kind of in tandem almost were there songs that you kind of held back from from deep down happy that you thought oh this might be a second record i've seen you talk a bit about um stations of the cross and some other tracks on the first album being kind of uh redolent of like a sound that you were moving towards and kind of uh, yeah did you kind of do it in that kind of way or is that something that doesn't really happen like in terms of that level of planning i'm thinking of you here rob have you got like a kind of svengali uh, whiteboard uh, at home where it's like album 12 and you've like got the singles ready for that as well do you know what I thought I had a I had a, like a playlist on my iTunes of all these demos mm. that I really thought were going to be album 2 and a lot of that was sort of album 1 bits that, that we sort of held yeah. back but I think eventually we actually we kind of got together and played and a lot of the new stuff has come a little bit more recently yeah oh awesome um, but yeah I, de- I definitely I like to th- I like to think I have a sort of Svengali-esque master plan. And then we talk to the label and I talk to everyone else and it turns out these singles I have are actually B-sided best. Tell them the story yeah, about yeah. what the A&R said yesterday on the call. But, uh, I'm going oh, no, to tell the script. I won't name the a But we had a call raw. with uh, oh, some of the A&Rs the other day who were talking about the songs and things like that. They are going to hate oh, us, but I won't name names. names. <laughs> and it was like trying to it's like yeah it's great probably got like two thirds of an album there but I think we might need a few more like sensible stuff like we've got time big second album let's just try and get a few mm. more tracks involved it was like oh imagine yeah. if you will um, like the film yesterday you could go back in time and you could write any song and, oh, so, <laughs> and so, Rob, Rob is actually getting up from his chair he can't say yeah, I'm going to get a drink for this interested in us um, like, and he was telling this story and he was like oh yeah well I think I'd write Let It Be and things like that it's all pretty imagined for me and then Jeff, one of our A&Rs was like I'd probably write Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis <laughs> 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 yeah. so like that's what you're dealing with 
<laughs> this, this is how we get dropped. We've been dropped for this. That is amazing. That's, uh, it's, that so is that's amazing. their idea of a single. <laughs> it's like it's just like so it's, it, they take a lot well, of convincing. I think you've got to kind of like sell the vision in before you uh, start actually saying yeah. the songs. Because I'm sure it's exactly the same on the first album. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? We just don't get it. Yeah. And you hear it all as a body, and you, yeah. you see us enough times, and you hear us talk about it, and you suddenly get it. Yeah. How? Uh, I mean, I feel like we've kind of almost skipped over it a little bit, but like. Uh, the the first record like the kind of the hit rate of it is so impressive yeah. guys like and i think because you're like very kind of self-effacing and kind of quite open about the process and i saw you did um tim burgess's listening thing and you were being very sort of you're very kind of there's no sort of smoke and mirrors or kind of elusive artistic mystery you're very like this is what it was like this vocal tape was a nightmare here i did this but like in like in all honesty it is such a good album i'm interested to know you know number two album so much radio play and particularly places like six music how do you kind of feel about it now have you got that thing do you still feel that kind of uh, is it hard are you still too close to it like uh, about the first album and was it everything you kind of wanted it to be and like achieve I think it's funny because you you realise everything is so abstract in sort of achievements in the music sense except the mm. live bit like the bit when you really realise like, oh wow yeah. no, this has actually made quite a big impact on people it's yeah, when you hear yeah, it sort yeah. of sung back and you see 5,000 yeah. people going nuts to yeah, it yeah, yeah. but like you experience it for it come from kind of your living room and you get another chord it's like you're number two in the charts and it, it could be sort of any even though physically <laughs> nothing changes at all so, so I think it's been quite yeah, hard to yeah. kind of make tangible that reaction mm. yeah how about you Rob do you feel I I feel, yeah, I feel. I think when it first came out, probably when we first spoke, I was still a little bit sort of. Um, I still probably heard it as like single or individual tracks, yeah. and then I was still hearing like the stuff I wanted to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think there's ever a point where you feel finished. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Yeah, listened. can I just say to kind of you know, um, yeah, to uh, push back the sort of uh, fourth wall or whatever. I think Lander like. I, I think, you know, we did like a track by track thing and I needed like enthusiastic mm. quotes from the band. And I think like when I looked like every quote about Landy, you were like, I don't know why we've put this on here. Like none of us really <laughs> liked it. I, kind of, I was sort of like sifting through to find some positivity. And I think you were all quite like, so I, I got the sense that you were all in that zone of like, is this good? Uh, are we like, you know, you were still yeah, in, that, definitely. in that place. But yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. But I think, yeah, I think, I think that, like, yeah, as you say, that 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 spot. I mean, all the singles we've ever released, I have this immense dread the day before it comes out. <laughs> that it's like I sit down and go, like, you know what? I put on headphones, I listen to it, and I go, this really is the one where people are going to see through it and go, like, this is just crap. You know what I mean? Um, so it's yeah. yeah. But I listened to it in me and so Burke, we got the same producer on the second oh, record. Oh, awesome! And we we had a few drinks one night when we were recording. Um, and we played played it back to listen to it and kind of get a sort of reference. Mm. And he hadn't heard it since we put it out, and I hadn't really listened to it since we put it out. And I do like that was probably the first time I heard it, and was sort of like, oh, you know, it sounds mm. pretty good. And I didn't, I wasn't in that headspace of um, yeah, thinking about it as like something I had to fix yeah, or work yeah. on. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely increasingly now sort of mm. content. Well, and no, you should be. Stressed. You absolutely should be. It's amazing. And like. If you just like indulge me for one moment in my house, I've got like young kids, like a seven year old and a four year old. And because I was doing like, uh, I was singing Camel Crew in a kind of like deranged voice for so long, like it's become this kind of meme in our house. And they kind of go, Oh, it's the Camel Crew, they're coming. Like, they kind of like, and they kind of join in with it and they sort of love the song as well. I was actually going to get them to like get like record them singing it. For this but um yeah they're sort of mildly obsessed so I mean, yeah Jimmy's you're starting them young do, jimmy's got his kids to do impressions of me before and they're horrific you don't know that <laughs> but, but yeah no similarly the same all... in my house like if anyone says here's the thing i say anyone it's me and my wife then after the other one said it the other one will sing it back at them so it's like <laughs> it must be so cool for you guys and, and also with yeah. that video can i just say before we actually move on to what the podcast actually about that video as well here's the thing so like i feel like it's it will be in years so iconic and i just wondered like if you could tell us a bit about the process of your videos because i know when i've spoken to alex before we've had, we had a good chat about like how 
you portray yourself on stage as a front man and we, we talk quite a bit about that but um, with the aesthetic of videos and things like that I just wondered if you could shed a bit of light on how they come together yeah it's very hard to tell a lot of the early ones we did with a mate of ours called Chris Rimmer um, who who was kind of brilliant and like got us and got our sense of humour just because he was sort of like a friend we'd go to the pub with and then the, here's the mm. thing I think was one of the first ones that we, we didn't do with him so we were a bit worried kind of where the people were going to get it but I, th I think that video in particular it was supposed to be sort of with but with kind of backing dancers but that sort of memeable thing it's because it is that song that as you say sort of your like your kids can get it's quite easy to understand it's like here's the thing <laughs> you know so backing dancers yeah, should, yeah, should yeah. have moves and stuff but I'd, to be fair that one we weren't super engaged with i remember we were in the us when they were all sort of <laughs> planning that i remember coming back and going straight from the airport to sort of a school in hackney like to rehearse with all these cheerleaders, cheerleaders. Yeah, exactly. yeah. that yeah. was genuinely direct as well i remember getting off that plane and and rightly being told when we landed he had a text from our manager going by the way alex i don't know if you're in the air still but when you get this as soon as you land get on the gatwick express like, and like go to go on the fucking train and go to the school in the middle of london and do this chit and we were so i mean we'd come off the back of an american tour and we were like destroyed oh my God. like delirious and so not even a taxi because wasn't because wasn't that even didn't that even have its roots in kind of you you guys basically like digging alex out slightly for his for his dance moves like kind of the whole thing was like was it a massive in joke as well like in terms of the dance routines and them copying your moves or have i kind of yeah i think it's always that oh, thing yeah. it's kind of like teetering <laughs> that's, that's on true. stupid you know like if you're not quite a clown it's a genius <laughs> move you know like but sometimes you tip <laughs> yeah. over just too far and it's yeah. like that looks so stupid yeah <laughs> Uh, we should get on to your album that you are uh, bringing to the album club today. And I think it might be the first time. No, it's not the first time, but it's rare for us to have two people and to ask them to kind of agree upon an album. It's already a tricky thing to get people to talk about one meaningful album. Mm. Um, uh, maybe, Rob, why don't you tell us which one you've gone for? and tell us a bit about why and the process of picking which i imagine was was a nightmare so yeah you're welcome uh well yeah, we've gone for we've gone for the replacements let it be um and i think our process of picking it we alex and i we've known each other for a very long time and as he said earlier our relationship basically revolves around sitting about in rooms and sort of drinking and listening to strange albums um but when we when we when we heard we had to do this he said specifically to me that I couldn't pick anything by paper. <laughs> so that left me... I had, like, so I had veto, limited... pavement veto, right. Yeah, Excellent. and then I vetoed ACDC, which destroys, I'd say, 99% of Alex's music well. knowledge. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Still coming. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so he was going to go for the new ACDC one. Um, but yeah, the replacements was one that, that I think we both... We both love, although I'm not sure this is the record. Yeah, to be fair, found consensus. <laughs> it was this or the wombats? I think the two we were like pretty close to agreeing. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely, I, I well, sat down properly and listened to this for kind of the first time today, and I'd heard a lot of the songs of it before, but it mm. is unbelievable. <laughs> it's so I genuinely love yeah. it. I'm very very yeah. happy we picked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, me too, because it's, um, it's a new one on me. I mean, I think I'd heard a bit of it. I'd heard Unsatisfied, like, probably and been like, oh, wow, it's one of those things that's just in the ether and you kind of know it without ever kind of um, actively choosing to listen to it. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great album and a fascinating choice for you guys, like, just digging a little bit more. I went down a real replacements wormhole in terms of what they were like and what they stood for and how kind of humour was a big part of what they did and they were kind of punk in quite an interesting way and like quite sort of uh, self-destructive as well it sounds like sort of like um but yeah it's it's a really really it's a really really good album I'm, I'm sort of so pleased that to have been introduced to it um was it a, a are they a band that kind of influenced you in kind of any sort of direct ways or are they kind of that sound and that era of kind of American post-punk? Uh, I, I remember the first thing we used to talk about when we, we first moved to London, me and Alex, probably when we were still playing gigs at like the old, old Blue Last. 
and this was a band that I probably knew a bit more than Alex did then and maybe now. But um, we were t- we were talking about like I'm sure you've you've probably read if you've gone on Wikipedia or whatever about um, they were really famous for basically throwing shows and like yeah. either play amazingly and really well or be absolutely battered and just stand there and sort of play <laughs> covers of like ACDC songs or covers of noise. It wouldn't be ACDC, but like yeah. really bad like Kiss covers for the entire gig if they didn't like the audience. <laughs> and we, I mean, we had this discussion being like, you know, if we're going to do shows, like we need to find something that like people would turn up to these shows because it was like, oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to be good or is it yeah, going to be, yeah. you know, like a riot? Mm. And so when we started playing, I think there was a part of that that we discussed a bit that was like, you know, there's there's only so much interest in watching a band play their songs really well yeah, especially yeah. when you're like starting out so we semi i mean semi-consciously i'm sure rice rice has his own take on the performance stuff but i think that like was probably the first thing that influenced us being mm. like you know what it doesn't actually matter if you can play the songs or you can't play the songs it's more about making sure you're like 100 percent committed to doing something yeah, when yeah, you're on stage right. yeah yeah it's a very good point yeah i it is kind of fascinating just to think yeah they would just be deliberately terrible and kind of just like yeah. subject the crowd to to god knows what but it does seem like um there was always it's really backed by incredible melody and songwriting like pete westerberg mm. the uh front man and main songwriter is like a total genius clearly but yeah that that idea and i did wonder that that's interesting that you sort of had that conversation it must be something that you find out more about yourselves as you go along, like what your kind of, what your reaction's going to be. Like if, if things aren't kind of going right on stage or if, you know, it's kind of, it's a weird location or kind of there's been weirdness going on. Like yeah. how do you react to it? And what's the kind of, yeah, what's the, what's the sort of band policy as it were? <laughs> like, yeah. I think... I... It's kind of tricky though, because I think it's 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 one of those things where you get so, especially if you're doing a big show, mm. there's so much fear around like, fe- like do, especially if you're supporting someone, mm. I, there can be so much like fear around doing a bad show yeah. that it can just make the whole thing like collapse. So I think that's the like the 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 replacements thing of just you know you go and you play the crowd you're given, and if they give you nothing, you give you know you don't give them nothing, you kind of mm. rile them up. But that sort of element of you know what it doesn't yeah. matter, you know it's 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 sort of about you as a group and how you sort of react yeah. as opposed to worrying too much about the people, you know, it being too much of a bootlicker to the audience <laughs> in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Are there any, um, um, Rice, I was just thinking, are there any that stick out in terms of defining gigs for you guys in terms of when you, when it kind of tipped over or when you sort of pulled it back from like the brink of like full chaos or ones that stick out when, yeah, when you've kind of like... Um, that yeah, that stick in the mind as those like defining moments of when you sort of got it to you know you were like this is it this is sports team this is what there's, we do. There've been quite a few like I I think we had kind of a, mm. a very early phase where we just sort of outright refused to rehearse. We're like we're rehearsing is cheat is cheating kind of thing. Like it's like if you're a proper performer, like you don't need sort of the crutch yeah. of rehearsing. And like Ollie joined the band quite late. Um, and was just appalled like he was a sort of proper bassist that had grades and things and had been in electronic bands before and was just so shocked by it so I think we got through that sort of initial phase which just sort of like really desensitised you to anything going wrong to made you think like it's absolutely fine like yeah, yeah. people that come and see you couldn't care less if you get the words right or not <laughs> they yeah. couldn't care less like yeah. if people hit bomb notes or you, <laughs> yeah. you play like for two hours it didn't really matter and so long as you sort of did it with like love and warmth <laughs> and sort of genuine identity and it looked like it was real and they didn't look like you were sort of just like putting mm. on this show it's like you know, we'd all sat down it's like right let's do post-punk let's look scrappy pretend we're drunk and slur our voices for stage chat kind of thing like, you see it so often <laughs> and so I, I think it kind of comes out of that and just trying to entertain each other more than anything else like you mm. but that yeah, um, yeah but i think some of the shows like there was one really early at house of vans that got shut down because i mean i'm like our fans are <laughs> our fans are kids as well they're like 16 17 year olds mm. and they're sort yeah. of like huge almost like our equivalent of the hell's angel security guards <laughs> like holding these kids back and they stopped the gig at that the that was your ultimate. Yeah, that was our ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
house and burn. Yeah. There was, that was really good. There was one where Al was, I've never seen her as drunk as Al at Great Escape the last time we played it. She'd been out with, uh, it was Ellie from Wolf Alice. Um, she'd gone drinking with her. We were like, Al, yeah. please, just like just be reasonable <laughs> you know and she can, and like they always have like so there are so many expressions about drinking like can stand and legless and stuff like that and you kind of assume they're just that when it really had to sort of just drag her to her kit like slump her over a stool kind of thing and then she always comes off with so much swagger because she's having she's like thought it went pretty well <laughs> and it's like are you joking yeah <laughs> so that was pretty bad. There's something to be said for that drunk bluster when you've not actually got a clue what's happened, and you're like, "I think I, I think I got away with it. I think I got away with it." Oh man, yeah. It's just just talking about this is just making me want to just be at a gig yeah. again. Oh my god. Because that's that's the weird thing as well. Because it has been. I think it's just the social distance side of it. Because. Like doing stand up, I've been really lucky that in between like July and literally when the day before we got put into lockdown again just now, I've probably done about twenty gigs because there's weird mm. rules that you can have like you can have more people at a stand up gig than you can have at a wedding, but then you can't have a band and it's insane. <laughs> like yeah. I just feel yeah. so bad for musicians because it's like oh, I've been really lucky yeah. to do it, but yeah, you guys, it's been such a long time now. That first gig back is going to feel so sweet for you guys. Um, Can't wait. Want to be there, definitely. Yeah, so we'll go, Jim. We'll be there. It's like, yeah, de- yeah definitely. Come to the, the first yeah. one will be in Manchester or something. We'll just get sure we'll like around every pub in England kind of thing, like Nags Head style gigs is what we want to yeah, do straight yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you occupying yourselves or what are you doing kind of in the interim like to, to stop yourselves from not like, just sort of passing time until you get to this point you've all so you've left the Camberwell house um was that just because it yeah. sort of end of well, the lease is, or something as boring as that or were that's you this week actually go me, on, go me and Rob had a Rose. bit of an ordeal we were the last two back yesterday uh we were, had to take everything to the mm. skip uh, so everyone had decided so like because we didn't really <laughs> do the deep clean with everyone else so they were like all right we'll do the skip rub <laughs> which was so much worse than anything else could have been so al had booked a skip slot for sort of two weeks in advance because because of covid you have to book them now so we had to get this huge sofa yeah. into the back of our van have someone like sitting in the back so it would stay in like and like forming the perfect pivot on the side of the road. So like, but we we got it till Sunday. So it's literally it's pretty fresh. The uh, the outhouse is like our first day. Yeah, first day yeah. back. But I I think it was like there's yeah. Like we I don't think any of us particularly love London. We just sort of like being there because because mm. a lot of our friends are there and it's where we can play a lot of music and see a lot mm. of music. And when you can't do any of that and you can't go and see people, like we'd rather go and live somewhere where cheap, where you can have a better quality of life, I think. London's over yeah, for the time being. Because uh, I'm just aware we haven't massively talked about the album, so uh, mm. I just wonder if there's anything that either of you wanted to say particularly about this. Yeah. Movie. It's fine if you, want, we if should, you haven't, but I don't we want should to mention feel like, oh, we've favorite... glossed over it and not really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should mention favourite favorite songs as well and we'll, we'll drop them in, we'll play a little bit of them, like... Um, yeah, if you both want to want to talk about it. No, no, no. I, I, I really mean this. Usually this would be the kind of thing I'd do and I wouldn't really listen to it and I'd say, like, whatever the first mm. one on the album is and be like, oh, I love that. It's so, it's yeah, so yeah, vital. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Obviously, Gary, Gary's got a Gary's got a boner. Yeah, the, uh... yeah that's a big one. <laughs> what's, what's the last one called, that? Answering Machine. Is that what it's called? That, that's my favourite chart. I think yeah. that's, that's incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. all got this kind mm. of, just all sounds yearning. It's, uh, he, it's, he's, mm. there's so much sort of belief and sadness in his voice, I think, that, yeah. but, but it has got this sort of energy. And I think I probably know just enough about him because I feel like you couldn't get bands ruined for you when you get the, um, the sort of magic yeah. of knowing too much about them. 
uh, taken away. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. all I've heard from the replacements is like cool anecdotes from Rob from the books that he reads on them. So mm. I've built this like perfect <laughs> image of them. It's like the ultimate sort yeah, of tragic yeah. heroes, like alcoholics falling off yeah. stage every night, but putting out this really sort of soft, gorgeous music. So I, I love them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob, what, what do you... Yeah, because I... It seems like there's an amazing... Uh, I read a really great piece, which was a review of a kind of unofficial history book. Um, yeah. I can't remember what it was called. What was it called? Is it Trouble Boys? Trouble Boys, yeah. It sounded incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The author had spoken it's really to like good. 230. Like, he'd spoken to a crazy number of people that were involved, the band themselves, and... It was a real no holds barred look at these kind of troubled, yeah. like fuck ups, basically who um, you know made this kind of bruised, beautiful music. Now, that, yeah. that's my, I that's mean, it's my kind kids of like, coming think... home. They might come in and start singing Camel Crew in a sec. So, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. yeah, I think my favorite one's probably Androgynous, mm. um, just as a track. But I do think, like as as uh, Rice is saying, like that. Um, the side of them that's kind of comic, like I think the uh, like the fact there are songs on there like Gary's Got a Boner. I mean, this was meant to be their like third, their breakthrough album. You know what I mean? This was meant to be the really, the really big one, and you could just hear them like fucking about, yeah. and, like kind of they they were kind of peers with REM, and REM had just had their massive breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. And so like I I think they were kind of aware of that, and a label aware of that, and they were this big sort of like hopeful. <laughs> hopeful band and they did stuff like i mean the album's called let it be and apparently they were in a they were in the van with their manager who was like really invested in them and like super super worried about everything wanted to do really well and like they had just been like you know what he's like we're going to call the record you know have you got this amazing name and they were like let's just call it whatever the next song that comes on the radio is like, oh, please no like please don't do this and like the next song that came on was let it be by the by the beatles and they were like okay it's called let it be you know what i mean that was like he was like you can't call this fucking album that's let it amazing. be like no one's gonna be able to find it that is amazing and like they they just they committed to that idiotic joke you yeah, know what i mean yeah. the photo of them on the cover is a great picture but that's all you know them on their like childhood home where they rehearse in the basement yeah. sat out sort of on mm-hmm. the um balcony i just think like all those little elements together make it sort of you know it's that you can imagine meeting those people. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. not, there's no front to it. It's yeah. just kind of stupid. And as Alex says, like yearning and yeah, like beautiful, yeah. but yeah. Self-destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there is like, yeah, we all sort of kind of toe the line and play like, you know, roles and Oh God, wow. Success. Yes, please. Like there is something really alluring about that kind of heroic self-sabotage. Like I read something else. Yeah. Um, that they played Saturday Night Live and like, uh, dro- like mm. swore on like Saturday Night Live and like Lord Michaels was like, "You're never gonna appear on TV again." Like the producer of Saturday Night Live and it was like their big moment and they kept getting these kind of moments where they were like, "All you have to do is kind of play the game for ten <laughs> minutes and you'll be fine." And they yeah. just refused to do it and so yeah, it's really amazing. Which is yeah. what I feel like might what yeah. been what happened if you'd have ended up on the one show. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I don't know. I've had moments like this where you you think it'll be this like glorious rock and roll mm. moment, then everyone in the band looks at you, it's like, "What were you thinking? Like, we're barred from there forever." And there's like a sound guy at the end, you have to go and apologise to. It's like, "Man, I'm really sorry." Like, that's the reality of ever doing anything rock and roll now. Like writing yeah, a letter of apology yeah, to yeah. every member of a festival crew that you like. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. I think that is part of the appeal. Like, you look at it, and it is, was this kind of, like, consequenceless age in some ways, and, like, other people cleaning up yeah. the mess for you. It's like, can't really do that these days. It's just like, yeah, I, never hire those I, guys again. I feel like again that's kind of like finished. our friendship group, like, sort of what happened for a big period, whereas everyone was like, oh, what have we got so early? It's fucked up now. And then, <laughs> yeah. as we've got a bit older, I've gone, oh, maybe I just need to be a little bit more sensible. Yeah, Stop pissing yeah. everyone off. There was... There was definitely that period where it's like, you know, 
you know, you're sort of, you're stealing things from the pub or from the bar <laughs> yeah. or you're kind of, you know, careering around. And then it very quickly becomes, yeah, what the hell exactly. are you doing? Put that back. <laughs> or like going back and settling up and apologising for it. It's always it. cones, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Always traffic cones that you'd have. Like, or like street <laughs> yeah. signs. I think Ollie's still got the branch the oh, street God. sign in his room somewhere. <laughs> Displayed proudly. So Menus. you haven't grown up yet. Every, every glass in the cupboard is stolen. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if you were there, Jimmy, yeah. but uh, a pub in Lewisham, we stole um, a fiberglass tower <laughs> from outside. And then I do not they were sort of coming after us and we were trying to take it back and we dropped it and it smashed into like a hand. Cheese oh. it! Oh. Their coat oh, in the pub God. and we just had to run yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just leg it. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, the A&R story will lead to these guys being dropped. Yeah. And, yeah, no uh, doubt. And the fiberglass cow will just lead to the end of our careers. I think we... Well, mine's over, so it's just yours, yours, really. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, thank you so much. I feel I, I feel conscious that we've taken a lot of your time, but, I mean, no one's doing anything. Yeah, we're not busy. Yeah. yeah, we have nothing. What are you doing tomorrow night? Dog days of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get a quiz ready. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um, make it long. Yeah. But, um, no, seriously, it's it's been uh, great to catch up with you again, Alex, and nice to meet you, Rob. And me and Jimmy, like, we're chomping at the bit when the album come out yeah, to too. see a show, so because we've regrettably not seen you live at all, so we're definitely going to we'll make our way we'll down there, there definitely. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. score you a few yeah. pints afterwards. Oh, cheers, lads. Yeah. Really, thanks so much definitely. for having us. Definitely. It'd be really, really good. No. Oh, no, either. thanks for coming on. Oh, and thanks for the... Um, thanks for the for the vinyl as well, that was a lovely what? surprise. I got sent some. Yeah, no, you're that welcome. Did? Got sent some sign vinyl. <laughs> oh, joke uh, was yours. There was problems with the post, <laughs> wasn't there? Problem with the with the. Alex, Alex was talking about that. That was an Alex thing. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, uh, thanks so much, guys. It's yeah, it's been like uh, it's been loads of fun. JJ's album club. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That was our conversation with. Uh, sports teams, uh, Alex and Rob. Oh, bloody love those lads. Was it was it very obvious? Do you think that we just kind of want to be mates with them? And um... yeah, especially me. <laughs> I'm, I am. I do have a massive. Uh, that is a downfall of mine. I just want to go to the pub with everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not you, yeah, listener, yeah, yeah. but the famous people <laughs> that we chat. To. Um, but they were great. They, you know, I, I. I'm such a I'm such a fan, and they they did not disappoint. They're such they're such a smart, um, fun outfit, and I just love what they do with the whole sort of concept of being a kind of young up and coming band. They shouldn't, you know, they make it so much fun, and they make it seem mm. so much fun, and and I just kind of yeah, they're. Uh, their music's amazing. I'm really excited to to hear what they come out with next. But yeah, really great. Yeah, really great. Mm. And it's given me ideas, Jimmy. Mm. Okay. We should, in the way that they they kind of failed to walk to the studio and get a sponsor. Yeah. Or like get press and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. As a way to drum up, that... um, drum up sort of attention and like, uh, yeah. press and media interest, which which you know we could use. Yeah, go on, go on then. So uh, I've got five ideas for you. Okay. Okay, just give just give me a yes or a no. Okay. Uh number one, we drive to the towns of everybody that's been on this series of JJ's album club, which already is unraveling in my mind because Pan Amsterdam lives in America. <laughs> whilst only listening to podcasts. <laughs> See if we can get one of your media pals to sponsor that. Okay. Uh, no. Alright, that's option number one. Okay. No, okay. No. Don't worry, I've got more. Uh, number two, how about, uh, like what they do at charities, I will bath in like a big bath full of podcasts. <laughs> Any good? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will only say phrases that have been mentioned on podcasts that I've listened to. I'm not allowed to say anything else other than things that I've directly quoted from podcasts for a whole month. Okay, like a sponsored podcast these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that... It's like a, like a sponsored silence, mm, yeah. almost, the opposite. Yeah. Um, 
I go uh, mm. running. You could just keep saying to your point, which uh, I really love when people <laughs> say that on podcasts. <laughs> to your point. I think if we have a spin-off podcast, we could just call it to your point. We call it to, to your point. <laughs> but also in um, in in music podcasts, and you kind of already said it a little bit, but not quite. You didn't quite get the words right. Let's do a deep dive into this. That's how it gets said in music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the last one is uh, I go running and I'm not allowed to stop running until I've listened to every minute of every episode of JJ's Album Club ever. And, and people like, we we'll get some to sponsor us like a pound a minute. <laughs> um, when you started saying about the running then, I thought you were going to yeah. say it was going to be like almost like a threat. Like, I won't stop running. I sort of physically harm myself until we've passed some threshold of listeners of people who've done some pressing. And I sort of like the energy of that, that we're kind of mm. at, at the point of almost like strapping ourselves with fake explosives and like going to <laughs> police. Um, yeah, I like that though. Any sort of running, any sort of like um, yeah. pain or physical discomfort in pursuit mm. of the greater good of more people recognising uh, the amazingness of this podcast. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of maybes there and there's a really strong contender with uh, with your sponsored run. Um, yeah, okay. yeah. so we've got some go stuff on. to go on. Right. Brilliant. We'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Who is it next week, Jimmy? You tell me, mate. You've got the running order. I was order. just going to let you pick. Really? Oh, yeah, I was just going to let you pick. Ooh, yeah. interesting. Wow, what power. Unlimited power. You'll just edit this out if you change your mind. What about yeah, yeah. Pan Amsterdam? As you mentioned. Yeah, I was gonna him. say that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, let's have Pan Amsterdam. Yeah. Next week is Pan Amsterdam. Yeah. So Done. join us if you don't know him, he's a hugely talented musician in loads of different areas. Uh, but the way that we know about him most is uh, through his really strange esoteric hip hop and uh, a really great chat with him. Mm, yeah. Fascinating. Great album. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. No. I want to save some. Keep some in the tank for save next week. Save some for the intro next week. Yeah, mate. Big time. All right. All right. Bye bye. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very Cheers. much. Please do. Uh, what do what do people say on YouTube like channels? Yeah, like and subscribe. Uh, I was going to say like mash that like button, which is oh, uh, I've, outrageous. Yeah, I've uh, phrase that I can't believe actually left my mouth, even in jest. Uh, no, now on my on my Twitch show, someone has, has done a command where if, when they press about the follow, it, it now says smash that like button <laughs> and ring that bell. And every time I read it out, it's fantastic. All right, then, bye bye. I'll let it that. Till next time. See you next week, everyone. Bye bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. bye.